As you know, uh, we've been we've been studying through the the Gospel of uh, John um, over the last several months on Sunday mornings. We were uh, I during Wednesday night's Bible study teaching through Genesis and just I don't know. There's just a lot of things jumped out at me here in Genesis chapter 12. So I hope you don't mind. I think this week and next week we're going to take a little break from John. <laughs> this week. Uh, going to show you what the Lord was speaking to me about in Genesis 12 uh, this past week, and next week we're going to talk about missions and the Great Commission and, and being involved in, in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ here in our workplace, in our homes, and through the power of Jesus Christ around the world. Yeah, we're small. But we serve a big God, a great God, and He can use us, no doubt. Genesis chapter 12, turn there with me. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read down through uh, just the first three verses at first, but really the message is going to be just centered right for the first seven verses in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now... The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I shall bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And that we see today. All the families of the earth are blessed through Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel. We have a Jewish Bible, right? Uh, we have a Jewish Savior, Jesus Christ, born of the tribe of Judah. All the families of the earth have been blessed through Father Abraham, through Abraham. And this passage is just a rich passage of Scripture here. This, this really can even explain a lot of the present day events going on around the world and specifically in the Middle East. The Bible says, and God said, I will bless them that bless thee, the nation of Israel, and I'll curse them that curse thee. And that is, that is still true today just as it was when God said it. And so there are nations that will rise up against Israel. There have been nations in the past that will rise up and God has used them maybe to chastise Israel when they've turned their backs on God. But it has never, ever ended up good for those nations that have gone up against the nation of Israel. Israel's blessed. Listen. Even though for the majority and the most part, Israel doesn't uh, 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 accept Jesus as as their Messiah, one day they will. The Bible tells us one day He's going to come through that eastern gate off of the Mount of Olives and they will accept Him as their Messiah. And and we're looking forward uh, to that day because we're going to be there with Him. But just Abraham and Sarah, they are some of the most important people in all of human history. And just history and, and human history in, in, 
in in general, but also in biblical history. Yeah, just squeeze in here, guys. Just keep squeezing in. Plenty of room. Plenty of room. Uh, but he he said, <laughs> clean up on aisle two here. <laughs> We've got to get serious here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's real. We, that just helps distress the floors. Yeah. We like that. So Abraham and Sarah being important in human history and just in biblical history, one of the most important uh, uh, husband and wife uh, going down through time. But you know what really makes Abraham special? I mean, yeah, he's the father of not just the nation of Israel, other nations. But what really made Abraham special is his relationship with God. Plain and simple. Abraham believed God and accounted to him for righteousness. That's what the Bible says in Romans and in Hebrews. James 2.23, the Bible says about Abraham that he was the friend of God. There's some folks that can do some name dropping, you know, people that they've been uh, been places with or even friends with. But listen, if you are the friend of God, there is no greater person to know. There is no greater person to know. The Bible says, and Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8, if any man love God, the same is known of him. And to think that you have a walk and a relationship with God. Abraham walked with God. So did Enoch walk with God, right? People that walk with God. And my goodness, there can be no greater relationship in your life than to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, with God Almighty. really doesn't matter. Again, who else you know? If you know God, He is on your side. It is. That's it. You know, I've said this before. Is the Lord with us? If the Lord's with us, then then we can do whatever He's called us to do. We can do whatever He He puts in our place. It says here, the Lord said unto Abraham. Now you could just read over that real quick, but actually throughout Abraham's life, you read this in Genesis. That's, that's said quite a few times in the Bible. The Lord said unto Abraham, right? God spoke to Abraham. He said, really? Well, I would hope so. Because if Abraham's a friend of God, what kind of, of a friendship, what kind of a relationship can you have if there's no communication, right? This, this concept, and that's what the title of this morning's message is, hearing, hearing from God. This concept of us as Christians, as us as followers of Jesus Christ, this should not be strange, the concept of us hearing from God. The concept of us being led by His Spirit. That's exactly what we have been studying in the Gospel of John. Is Jesus said, this is the only way of life here. He says, yes, uh, I'm ascending into heaven. I'm going to be your high priest. I'm going to intercede for you. Uh, but I'm going to send you the Spirit who will be in you, right? He'll seal you. He'll lead you. 
He'll be ever-present. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll teach us and He'll lead us. Jesus said, My sheep hear My voice. And so this is not... This should not be strange in the sense that each one of us having our own relationship with God, hearing from God. I hope you came this morning with that heart saying, I want to hear from the Lord. What saith the Scripture? What's the Lord saying? What's the Holy Spirit saying in my life? How is He leading me and guiding me? But I would tell you this, it would be awful if we only heard from Him once a week at church. We have the indwelling Spirit. We have uh, access to the throne room of God by grace where we can go and talk to the Lord and the Lord can speak to us daily. Lead us. Listen, I don't believe in, as, as people that have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, I don't believe in coincidences. God is working in our life, putting things together, and even hardships that we face and things we go through, God can work them together for the good. This is the thing about Abraham. When you look at Abraham's life, he wasn't perfect. And, and, and his whole life wasn't smooth and easy. But Abraham was blessed. And Abraham did have a relationship with God. And Abraham and Sarah both had faith. Faith. Think about that. As a church, if we were hearing from God, the, each of us talking with God, fellowshipping with the Lord, He's leading us and guiding us in His purpose and His direction. Man, think of the passion there that you would have being led of God on a daily basis. It's possible. He wants to do that for us and can do that for us. You know, to hear from the Lord though, you have to listen. I know that sounds so simple, but it's true, right? In order to hear, we have to listen. So we have a... Didn't Jesus even say that? You have ears, but you hear not. You know what we have to have? We have to have ears to hear. Think of the last time you spent in fellowship, one-on-one with the Lord, maybe in prayer. Did you do all the talking? You know, maybe there's a time of saying, Lord, I'm bringing you my petitions, I'm bringing you my intercession, praying for people, but then I want to hear from you. I'm expecting an answer, right? I'm expecting you to lead me. I've asked for wisdom, so therefore I believe that you're going to lead me. You're going to give me that wisdom. Listen, if we listen, the truth of the matter is, He's calling. I, I can say that with, I can say that with confidence that the Lord is calling you. I, 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 know, I know that God has a purpose, a plan, a calling on each person's life. He doesn't just call out Abraham. He calls out anyone who will hear. If you say, hear my Lord, He says, alright, I've got a job for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a plan for you. If you'll listen, He's calling. That's what He said to Abraham. The Lord said unto Abraham, what? Get thee out. That's what He says. He said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and to the land I will show thee. You know what the scary thing is about hearing the Lord's call? Sometimes He tells us to leave some things behind. Listen, if we follow Christ, just as when Jesus said to the disciples, follow me, 
What did he say to the, what did he say to the fishermen? Follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. He's saying, leave some things behind and follow me. That doesn't mean that every person that follows Christ is going to leave the location uh, where they live. That doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean everyone that follows Christ is going to quit their job and do something else. But it does mean that when you follow Christ, there are going to be some things that you leave behind. Specifically, where you're at spiritually. He won't leave us where we're at spiritually. In in other words, He is constantly growing us in faith and love and grace. And that faith and loving... You can't have faith if you're living by sight. I mean, we understand that, right? For us to be in control of our life and plan out our life, that is not faith. Would you agree with that? I mean, it's just not faith. Faith is... He says, the just shall live by faith. We're not to live. We are to live by faith and not by sight. And, and so many times we as Christians, all of us are guilty that we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, but then we completely are dependent upon ourselves to lead and guide and direct our own life. And you say, how do you know that's true? Because when things aren't working out, we get so stressed out. We get so anxious, right? We get so worried. That is proof in our own life that we're not trusting God. Now we're all in the same boat here. We all face these fears and things. But what do we do when we come to fear? What do we do when we come to the unknown? As Christians like Abraham, we say, okay God, I know the direction you're leading. I know what you're saying to me. So by faith, I will act. Step out. Move forward. Grow. Listen, as Christians, if we're going to be sweet, if we're going to... You say, what do you mean by sweet? I don't want to be sweet. <laughs> I don't want to be sweet. But I mean sweet. I need to have a good spirit, a good attitude. Instead of the opposite of that is a bad attitude, bitter, angry Christian. You know? If we're stepping out by faith and new ground constantly in our walk with the Lord in new territory never been here before. I've never crossed this bridge before, right? Lord, help me. I think we're going to have a lot better attitude toward other people when our trust is in the Lord because we're not trusting in ourselves. He's going to move us out. I know He is. You say, what do you mean move us out? He's going to take you from where you're at right now and He's going to grow you. It's so it's going to be tailored for you. I don't know what that is. I could give you some examples, but that's probably not what you're going through. My point is God's going to work in your life if you allow him. If you surrender to it, he will. That's the guarantee. He'll grow you. You'll you'll face some things that are scary. You'll face new territory. I I know that. It'll be new territory. Think about Abraham and Sarah here. Have you ever moved? I mean, you move. And, and just a move in general, even if you're moving across town, that is, that is, that can be stressful, can it? Why? Because you're leaving the known and, and stepping into some, a little bit of unknown. Even when you plan it out completely, it's a little bit of the unknown, right? And so there's some stress behind that. There's some anxiety behind that. Think of this thing where God tells Abraham, you know, to leave if, you, if I had a metric. 
here, leave Earl of the Chaldees and come up around to, to, to Canaan, the promised land. He says, leave, and I'll show you. He didn't even tell him where he was going. He said, a land that I will show you. I said Wednesday night, think of this in Sarah's case. Abraham had to have this conversation. I mean, just in a practical sense, there had to have been some sort of conversation with Abraham and Sarah and, and Lot, his nephew, and the other people that he had. He says, hey, we're moving. Well, where are we going, right? I don't know. Well, what should we take? Everything. Why? When are we coming back? I don't think ever. Well, what are the people going to be like where we're moving to? Well, unfortunately, the way I see it, they're not going to like us very much because God's <laughs> given us their land. <laughs> right? I mean, think about it. That's what. That's the comfort. And then, so where are we? You know, we're going to build a place. We're going to have some nice permanent place. No, actually, Sarah, we're going to start living in the tent. We're going to be kind of moving around from here to there. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily sound all that appealing, right? But God promised me something. He said, I'm going to give something to you that's going to be a blessing for generations to fall. I'm going to give you a land that's going to be your children and your children's children and children's children. There's some faith of moving out of the unknown. Listen, this is something I'm just saying right now. And if we're going to grow as Christians, we're going to grow as a church, we're going to grow in any aspect as an individual, the supposed security, the safety things that we latch onto, the known, that, that hinders us from growth. You say, I don't like change. If you're going to walk with the Lord, you're, you're going to see some change. Why? Because God is going to be growing us. He's just not going to keep us where we're at. It doesn't mean you got to move. It doesn't mean you got to change your job. But you, you might. I mean, those are some examples that He did do. But it, it can be specific in certain uh, for certain people. But the point of the thing is, is if you're one of those folks, like everybody else, counting myself, that like to feel secure, that like to be safe, right? He says, no, I'm calling you out of that. Why? Because if you are safe and secure in what you think, then you're not trusting Him. He's going to take us out of our comfort zone. That's what we, You know what we like? We spend a lot of time building up our comfort. And that's okay. That's all right. Because no matter what we do to make ourselves comfortable, if we say, Lord, I surrender to you, He's going to make us uncomfortable in certain areas. Why? Grows. To help us. To see if we'll trust Him. You say, well, that doesn't sound all that great to me. That doesn't sound all that wonderful. If you know, you're telling me to follow, follow Christ, then now I'm not going to be comfortable. Then I'm not going to feel safe. Now, this is the only way to live. God's call, I believe, on our life, this is the only way to live. I heard a quote uh, not too long ago where someone said, you know, our greatest fear should not be in death, but in never truly living, right? But I would say one step further for Christians, our greatest fear should not be in failure, but in never truly following and fulfilling God's purpose and plan in our life. Listen, I have seen Christians, and I myself 
almost paralyze ourselves thinking we're going to make the wrong decision, as if God's going to hide his will from us. I found out that's not what God does. He does he's not trying to play games with us. He will lead us and guide us if we ask him. So I wouldn't spend as much time being fearful that we're going to make the wrong choice as I would be fearful not believing God. The biggest mistake that a Christian can make in their life is going through life not believing God, not trusting God, not saying, listen, I am facing some things, but God will see me through. God, will I trust the Lord even in this? You say, is that, it's easy to say here, what happens Monday morning when something falls apart, Tuesday, Wednesday, when I can't sleep at night? This is where we put it, this is where we put where the rubber meets the road when something happens at our job, something happens at our family that you can't sleep, that you can't eat, right? Something bad happens, right? This is where it's hard. This is where you have to maybe multiple times a day get alone with God and say, God, I'm taking it back on myself, right? I'm taking this. I'm, I'm, I'm stressing out. I'm worrying about this, God. I'm trusting you. I'm following you. I'm putting it back in your hands, and I believe that you will lead me. Because I'm asking you to. But you won't lead me nor forsake me. This is the faith of Abraham. Listen, just because God has a purpose and a plan for our life, a calling in our life, what I believe, that doesn't mean automatically that we're going to follow it. I mean, it's obvious in the world today that not everybody does the will of God. The Bible says this. He says, He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, not everyone comes to repentance, do they? Not everyone turns to God. So not everybody, just because God has a calling in your life, that doesn't mean that we listen, hear the calling, and accept it, and obey it, and go forward. But the point that God has a call in your life, that He has a purpose. He says this in Romans eleven twelve: the callings of God are without repentance. I started just as I was working through this message, I was talking at dinner uh, the other night with the kids about it, and Owen asked me, he said, how young will God call you? And so he asked me, and I said, I think He'll, I think he'll call you young. Right. I think that He can call, He has a purpose for your life. Listen, did he not have a purpose for Jacob's life before he was born? He told Rebecca that, hey, Jacob is, is the chosen one when she was expecting Esau and Jacob, right? Didn't he tell Joseph when he was pretty young uh, what was going to happen in his life? Even Abraham here was called. We, we find in the book of Acts, Acts uh, chapter 7, I believe, uh, Stephen's preaching to the, to the Pharisees and high priests there. He says that Abraham was called, God called him to go out into a land that dwelt in, in Mesopotamia. That was the place that Abraham lived before he went to Hiram, right? Where his father eventually passed away. My point of them, my point is, has God had called Abraham maybe long before Abraham actually went? God has a call in your life. It's just coming to the place and time. Where you say, Lord, I surrender to it. God, I accept it. You guys have heard my testimony. I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior as a five-year-old boy. But I was 20 years old before I surrendered my life to the Lord and His purpose in my life. <laughs> when I came to that place. That's what Paul's talking about when he says, I beseech you therefore, brother. Right? 
by the mercy of God that you what? Present yourself. What's the, what's the presentation? That is the saying, here am I, Lord. Send me. God, I surrender to your will. You know, people are a little bit afraid of this, Lord, I surrender from my will, because they think that God's going to change their plans. And he might change your plans. But I can promise you that God's plans for us are greater than the plans that we have for ourselves. That's hard to believe, baby. That, that takes faith to believe it. But let me ask you, was Abraham better off following God than staying in Ur of the Chaldees or staying in Huron? He was. Was Joseph, I mean, you can go down through, was, was Esther. When God, when, God had, when God created Queen Esther, he knew, he created her beautiful wife so that the king would choose her wife so that she could save her people. I mean, God has plans for people in their lives, but will we surrender to Accept Every one of those people had to have faith in God. Esther, Ruth, Joseph, Jacob, all of them. As you go down through. This fear of the unknown, this supposed security, this is what hinders us from growth. He says, this is, what's, this is what's scary. He says, leave what you know and go to a place that I will show you. That's faith. He had to step out by faith. This is the key in our Christian life is faith. Listen. We are saved, born again, by faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. By believing it with all our heart. Right? Accepting it. That's how we're born again. But then that's just the start of our faith walk. Then we have to continue by faith to believe Him. And this kind of happens in increments, right? If you look at Abraham's life, the first thing God said is leave everything you know, right? And then He says, I'm going to give you a promised son. So first step, leave everything you know. He obeyed God, right? And He left. He went and started going into, into Canaan. Then he says, I'm going to give you a promised son. But he didn't just give him the promised son right away. He told him, and then it took forever. <laughs> right? It took a long time in Abraham and Sarah's life before Isaac was born. And, 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 and I've read this so much that you guys probably could quote it, but in Romans chapter 4, where my favorite passage on the de- really the definition of faith is where he talks about in Romans 4, Abraham believed in hope where there was no hope. Right? That's faith. He said that he didn't even he didn't even uh, um, he didn't even consider his own body in the birth of his of his son because he was past age, you know, he's too old. In other words, if God says it, it doesn't matter all the other things. If God's telling me to do something, if God's leading me, this is faith. And this was a big chunk of Abraham's life, just believing that God was going to give him that son. But let me ask you, did God give him that son? He did. And then you say, well, then it was easy sailing from there. No. Genesis chapter 22. This this actually should be a series. I have got... (laughs) I have got... Usually I have... uh, you know, four, five, six pages of notes. I have eight pages of notes here this morning. So there's, this could definitely be a series. But, but in Genesis chapter, <laughs> chapter 22, 
God says this. He says, Genesis 22, 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Let me ask you a question in James. The Bible says God tempts no man to do evil. So if that's true, then God was tempting Abraham. God was tempting Abraham to do good. God will put obstacles in our life tempting us to just simply... You know what the test is? You know what the test is in our life? The test isn't the... That's why I'm not spending a lot of time on, on your specific tailored situation. Because the specific tailored situation isn't the test. No. The test is, the, is believing God in your situation. You said my situation's unique. Your situation may be unique. But the, the point that God's trying to do in your life is not unique. It is faith. Will you believe me because I want to bless you? I want to do great things in your life. But you have to believe me. You have to trust me. He says in Abraham, it came to pass that God did tempt or test Abraham. And he tells him to offer up his only son Isaac. There's a whole message behind this in the picture of Jesus Christ as Isaac walks up that hill with the wood on his back and Abraham prophesies by saying God will provide himself a lamb. Of course we know Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sins. That's all that. But listen, in verse verse 11 and 12 it says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. This is after Abraham raises up the knife to take his own son's life. And he says, uh, He said unto him, For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou has not withheld thy only son from me. I have a little note there in my Bible. Test score, 100%. God said, you passed the test, Abraham. You go on to verses 15 through 18. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and have not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and the sand which is by the seashore. And, the, and, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou obeyed my voice. Of course, God didn't allow Abraham to hurt his son at all, but he wanted to see Abraham's heart. If he would believe him, if he would trust him. And, and, and later we get a little more glimpse into Abraham's heart in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of the faith. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, tested, tempted, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And here's the faith accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. Abraham looked at Isaac and said, listen, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't have a son at my old age anyhow, so if God tells me to offer him up, God's going to raise him up. That's the faith of Abraham. Of course, God didn't make him go that far, but he saw his heart. It's faith. God will see us through. God will provide. God will provide Himself a lamb. Believing it. Again, the biggest mistake we could make is not believing God. Not trusting Him. And we would spend our lives in a lot of unnecessary worry 
a lot of unnecessary planning, <laughs> really. <laughs> we, you know, all of our best, you know, I'm not just saying throw all planning and all good, good uh, stewardship out the window. You know I'm not saying that. But honestly, our best, our best plans and our best ideas and all those things are nothing unless what really matters is what did God say. What really matters is what, is, what way is God leading us? Yeah. What, what's He saying? What's the direction He's telling us to go as a family, as a person, as a church, as a, you know, in any direction? What is the Lord saying? This is the title of the message, Hearing the Voice of the Lord. Hearing it, and then believing it, and then doing it. If you believe it, you'll do it. If you believe it, you'll do it. He's going to be taking us out in deeper waters. He may even ask us to step out of the boat. But it's the only way to live. It's the only way to live. I'm inspired by people as, as they are willing, even as they get older in life, willing to discover new things, willing to learn, willing to try new things. Listen, as Christians, we can't be stuck in our ways. Right? We can't be. We have to say we want to grow. I've got two more points here. The Bible called Abraham to greatness. You say, is this going to be a motivational a message on greatness? You know, you're going to be great, you're going to be great, you're going to be great. Well, yeah, actually it is. Because you know what I believe? Is I believe that God is calling us to greatness. I believe that we serve a great God who has great power and can do anything. And He's calling us to greatness. But the greatness that He's calling us to might not be what we think. That's the point that we got to understand. Because Abraham was great. He was a great nation, and he had a great name. But I, I find this as I studied it out. I'm kind of hurrying here now for a second. But Abraham never got to really see all the greatness that God did. God kept his promise to Abraham. He had, he had children. I mean, you see the, fighting, the, uh, the fighting army that David had between Judah and Israel. Hundreds, and thousands, hundreds of thousands of fighting men. Just the strongest military. And then the wealthiest nation under sin. Uh, uh, Samuel or Solomon, and you see the great nation that God did make. But Abraham didn't get to see that. You know how Abraham got to see it by faith. And sometimes in our Christian life, the greatness that God has for us is going to have to be a little bit by faith. Saying, "I believe what can be. I believe the decisions of my faith now can affect the next generations." That's what he says. And. Hebrews 11, 11, Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of child when she was past age because she judged him faithful that had promised. Sarah believed God. She had this child. She became the mother of the mighty nation. This doesn't happen overnight. God doesn't bring us... You know, you, you know if you say, who wants to be great? There'd be people, oh, sign me up for that. Well, it doesn't happen overnight, Right? It happens by trusting God, following God, and seeking Him. And it, and it may not be even something that you see in your lifetime. But you say, well, if I'm not going to see it in my lifetime, what's the point of following God? The point of following God is He said, I will bless them. And living outside of the blessing of God is not worth living that way. When you have God Almighty saying, I will bless you if you obey me, if you follow me. Listen, living in the blessing of God is the only way to live. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give an expected end. I will bless thee, the Lord said. And then he says this, And I will make you a blessing. What better thing can someone say of you than that they were a blessing? That in your life, I, th- I think people that are stepping out by faith, I believe people that God is stretching, right? I don't, I'm trying to get the point across. People that God's working on, you know, we're the clay and He's the pot. I think people that are surrendering their life to God, that's the sweetness that I was talking about, the good attitude, the good spirit that I was talking about. They just are a blessing. When they're around an individual, they just see the individual where they're at and try to be a blessing to them where they're at. Just be a blessing. Abraham's life could almost be summed up in this, and his call, his commitment, and then his communion. He has a friend of God. He fellowshiped with the Lord. Listen, blessing comes after obedience. We have to obey God. He obeyed God. He took all that he had and he followed the Lord. He offered up his son. When we choose to follow the Lord and we choose to obey God, it really doesn't, you know, we talk about our spiritual growth. When we choose to obey God, it doesn't, years in service, this isn't, this doesn't determine how you hear God. I remember when I was 20 years old, just turning 21, and, I, and God called me to go to Bible school in Ohio. I put my two weeks notice in at my job. I sold my Harley Davidson motorcycle and packed everything I owned in the back of a pickup truck. I threw it back there. It was raining on a Monday and I tied the tarp on. I had, I had only been right with God the moment I drove out of my driveway for two weeks. And I'm telling you, I had, I, the Lord was speaking to me. I felt His presence. He was speaking to me just as much as He does now. It's not like you have to have all these years in service for God to speak to you, for God to work on you. All you have to do is say, I surrender, Lord. I obey you. I'll listen to you. If you call me to go to Ohio to go to Bible school, I'll go, right? If you call me to do this, I'll go. If you call me to do that, I'll go. And I believe you'll feel the presence of God. It's not like you have to be this Christian that has all these years in No, it's the surrender, it's the obedience part that God's looking for. And He'll lead you and guide you. Lastly, and we're going to close. In Genesis 12, Abraham obeys God. He goes. In verses 6-8, through the Bible says, And Abraham passed through the land and the place of Shechem and the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was in the land, and the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto Thy seed will I give this land. And there builted he an altar unto the Lord, and he appeared unto him. And he removed from thence and went to Bethel. Bethel being the house of God. But Abraham obeys God and he goes and builds an altar. You say, do we build altars today? No, we're not called to build altars today like they built the rock altars. Noah built an altar. Jacob built an altar. Isaac built an altar. They built these altars to the Lord. But we are called to to worship the Lord. We're called to commit to the Lord. And that's really what these altars were about. These altars were built as a place of sacrifice. In other words, some things died out of these altars. These altars were built and they were a memorial. 
people would go by and see these rock altars and people would remember that, hey, Abraham committed to God here. Abraham believed God here. And so when I say, have you built an altar lately? What I mean is, hey, has there been a time where you've stopped and said, listen, I'm committing to God. I'm trusting God in this circumstance. I'm going to sacrifice some things. In other words, there's some things in my life that I need to put behind me. There's some things in my life that have to go. I want to go further for the Lord. I want to obey Him. I don't want to be stagnant in my Christian growth. I want to go farther for the Lord. I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to commit to the Lord. I'm going to worship Him here. I'm going to set up a memorial so that years to come I can remember back and say, it was on this day at this place that I told the Lord, I will obey you. It was at this time, at this place, and these circumstances were in my life that I told the Lord, I will follow you. I will trust you. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ is your sacrifice. If you'll accept the payment that He made on Calvary, paying for your sin, then you can have this fellowship, this relationship with the Lord today. You can be saved. Know that your sins are forgiven. For Christians, you know what the Lord's requiring of us? Faith. It pleases God. And as Christians, we want to please God, don't we? Let's pray.